What's going on, everybody? My name is John Merrill Wilson. I'm co-hosted by Zach Wright. Y'all already know what time it is. It's game time. The name of this episode is A Quarter of the Way. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about how uh, the season is going. We're exactly about, what, 22, 21. Everybody's played about 21, 22 games, 20 or so, at least at this point. So, you know, an 82-game season is exactly a quarter of the way, pretty much. Um, and with that, we're just going to discuss different things, different topics about the NBA. And today is going to be more so freestyle. We're not going to – it's not really a set track but more so just getting into the nitty-gritty of what's going on, what's current, and just our current thoughts. So, uh, Zach, is there something that you want to open with? Is there something you want to you want to talk about getting to right away? No, nah, I just think it's funny. He's like, a, you know what time it is when you think of Dora. Like, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anywho, well, I'll be getting to some of the more recent news regarding the Knicks and Kemba Walker being benched according to Tom Thibodeau, in favor of Alec Burks as the starting point guard. I don't know. That's pretty Oh, you didn't, you didn't read about that yet? Alec Burks? I mean, if you look at the numbers, right, the, their starting lineup is the worst lineup in the entire league in terms wow. of, like, plus minus. And their bench is, the be- like, one of the best. I don't know if it's the best anymore, but it was the best at one point. And Kemba Walker has been uh, poop shit. <laughs> so, mm. I mean, in all fairness, Alec Burks has been better than him. So I get it. But it is crazy nonetheless. I, I get it. I get it, right? But Alec Burks as your point guard, though? I mean, in all, in all reality, like, Julius Randle is their point guard. Even since last year, he's been the one making most of the plays. So Julius Randle is the primary playmaker on the team. So just he's point guard simply just off like nomination, but he's not actually running shit. Well, but I don't know. It's just it's I don't feel bad for Kemba. I don't know what they're gonna do with him at this point. But go ahead, bro. My fault. Oh, you good, bro? Right away, my where my mind goes is start Derrick Rose. Stop playing with him. Uh, he. He's I feel like he would bring some juice to this lineup, at least for now, or I say start Emmanuel quickly. It wouldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you put Derrick Rose and Kimball on the floor at the same time as a one and two. They could they could cook and Kimball can do similar things to what Emmanuel quickly is doing. Uh, and then also with Emmanuel quickly being so young. You can you can like actually give him that experience as a starting point guard and really help him move forward and, and speed up his development. And so you're going to plug in Alec Burks. I feel like that's just lazy thinking. Uh, I mean, he may help with length and things of that nature, but otherwise I don't really like it. All right. So I'm looking real quick. He's averaging 10.5, 3.8 rebounds, 1.8 assists. 42% from the field, nothing too crazy. So the length definitely is probably what's playing into that. And Derrick Rose did not play last game. So maybe – actually, no, that doesn't even matter because Tom Thibodeau apparently named Alec Burks the new starting point guard. So that's irrelevant to that point. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. The Knicks are been – they've been up and down. They started the year looking, looking like uh, they are building on last year, and they definitely have hit a rut. 
everyone's numbers are down. Everyone who came back, their numbers are down. Let me check quickly real quick. Yeah, even Quickly's numbers are a bit down compared to last year. So the whole team just kind of, oh, Obi Toppin has been better. He's been really good. Otherwise, and Taj Gibson has for some reason looks better. <laughs> but otherwise, they've just been kind of mid. Yeah, they just look like a slightly better than, better than average team. I think they have another gear to hit, especially with the way they started the year at the lineups being funky. But yeah, it's just a shame that Kemba's quickly fallen out of favor with the New York team. Yeah, that's nuts. Honestly, I think that Kemba at this point is that is on a very, very sad downslide. Like in Charlotte, he was the man. And then he was expected to do big things in Boston that never worked out. He comes to New York uh, on a handout, basically, on a cheap price. And he just has not panned out. I don't get it. I mean, I don't. I don't think his game. I it just. I just. I, I can't. I can't figure it out. Like, it, it seems like he doesn't fit with what teams are doing. Like the teams that are, that he's been on, it just feels like it, it doesn't. He doesn't fit. And I don't. You know, he's not really a good defender, and then offensively. I feel like his ability to score should translate better in the situations that he's in, but it's just not working. So um, it'll be so it'll be interesting to see what they do with now three similar players on their bench with Kemba, D Rose, and Emmanuel quickly, which I think they need to start one of them as opposed to having Alec Burks in the lineup. I still think it's a a lazy patch solution uh, so we'll see uh, and then i guess while we're still in the eastern conference uh, is there a team that's like that has surprised you so far this year uh a quarter of the way through is there a team that you're disappointed in what do you what, what are you thinking about that all right we're talking about surprises and disappointments I was going to start a disappointment. I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics. They've been disappointing. How did like, I know you were going there? Homer, like not even like Homerism, like Homerism aside, like they just have been inconsistent. Their offense was – no one expected their offense to be amazing, but it's been bad. Like in most of the games they won, no one scored 100. It's just like they're relying strictly on great defense, which, you know – it's been more consistent since Marcus Smart uh, called out Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for, you know, being chuckers basically, which to be fair, he was right. They don't, they just kind of catch the ball on ISO. They don't look for nobody else. And it kind of, especially with a team that's not built with the best offensive tools, that doesn't help much. You need a, you just need to get a system that capitalizes on everybody's strengths. I like, you know, the Warriors, like Gary Payton, Gary, yeah, Gary Payton the second, for example, he's not, you know, the best, he's not scoring the major amount of points, but he's, they're finding him in spots where he's effective in like Boston's kind of just resorting to Tatum, Brown, ISOs, and then finding an open shooter 
which is like either Dennis Schroeder or Marcus Smart or Jason, Josh Richardson, but none of them are hitting shots anyway. So then that's not working either. They're just disgusting to watch on offense for most of the time. Uh, we're relying on like a great shooter game, sibling games, a great Tatum game, even though he hasn't had many of those, or a great Jalen Brown games when it's just, it's just nasty. Al Horford's been the most consistent player and they've been unhealthy as well for the second year in a row. It's just nasty, but I'm not going to harp on them too much. I'll just skip to my surprise team. And there's a couple of surprises in the East, but I'm going to go with the team I slept on the most. And I'm going to go with the Wizards. They they look good. They look good. I, I have to say, I did, I, did, I did watch them play Boston in, like, you know, the Capitol Arena. And, like, they just play well together. Harrell is looking like Clippers Harrell again after his time with the, you know, the Lakers. And, you know, how that Lakers – sometimes players play for Lakers and it just doesn't work out. But um, I want to shout out Kuzma. He's looking pretty solid after leaving. He's not looking like a star by any means, but he's looking like a great power forward option. They haven't had Hachimura yet, and they haven't had Thomas Bryant, and they're still winning games. So it's going to be interesting. Their defense is surprisingly amazing. Their offense is, like, average. But that's with Bradley Beal averaging 23 a game, which is his lowest in, like, probably four, years, four or five years. So – if Beal can pick things back up, it'll be really interesting to see if once he starts, like, you know, getting back to this flamethrower itself. But the, the Wizards, they're not the most talented team, but they are deep and they play well together. And Wes Unsell, Wes Unsell Jr. is definitely up there for coach of the year right now. I don't know if I'd pick him personally, but he's up there in the conversation. How about you? What about your, what are some of your surprises and disappointments? Well... I'm happy that the Wizards are doing what I projected them kinda to do. I I think I think that when the season you know settles, they'll be more along the lines of playing and that kind of that kind of deal. But yes, right now they're playing very well together. They are locked in on defense, and I mean Kyle Kuzma. I think Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell specifically are both in a better situation just because a they're being utilized much better than Frank Vogel could ever use them or any coach. I feel like, or like in terms of Kyle Kuzma, I feel like the, the way he's being utilized is great. And then they're both in high leverage situations. Like last year with the Lakers, Montrez Harrell was expected to come in, on this, uh, you know, what we thought, at least at the time, loaded Lakers team coming off of a championship and expected to run it back. So, and also he, you know, he wasn't getting the time because he was battling Mark Gasol. He was battling Drummond. He was battling Anthony Davis. He's battling a lot of guys for minutes. So that didn't help him. And then Kyle Kuzma, from you know, like he 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 jumped out and had a really big start, like a, a really good rookie year. So from that point on, people just I guess expected so much of him and expected him to be essentially a third option to the Lakers, like to AD and and uh, LeBron, and then never never worked out. He never met those expectations, but you know, with lower with much lower expectations, 
he's now playing at a much higher level. So good for him. Good for that team. Uh, the team that I would say is disappointing to me right now, and I would say the Sixers, but we've been banged up. <clears throat> so uh, the, the team that I think is disappointing me the most at this point is the Boston Celtics as well. Yeah. The Hawks are another good choice, too. They've been pretty bad. Yeah, but they've been dealing with some injuries. Uh, and I think – I think the – like, I was going to pick the Hawks, but I think that in terms of the offseason, like, they didn't really make any moves, number one. Like, the Celtics, if you look at their roster last year versus now, they're significantly better. And I expected the Celtics to be a top-four team. And, I mean – you know, they're still well in position to be that if everything, you know, goes their way. Like, it's tight in the in the East, and any team can win. I think that it's still wide open ultimately, but the Celtics have been probably the most disappointing team by far just because, just because of the additions that they made to get stronger and just the overall – you know, div roster development and how they improved, at least in the Eastern Conference. I think they got they've got to be the clear disappointment. Uh, them or the Knicks, them, the Hawks or the Knicks. Uh, and because if we talk because we just we just talked about the Knicks and their situation, just at first they were playing really well. A lot of people were happy with the three point shooting and the fact that offensively they were a little more explosive, but ultimately they're still, you know, just above 500 at this point. So even somewhat of a disappointment. And I mean, I feel like the Hawks and Knicks specifically are more so disappointments because of what they did last year. So it's, it's, it's interesting to, to think about it and play with it that way. Uh, and then the surprising team for me, just I guess to flip a little bit, would be Chicago. Although I figured they'd be good, uh, just to see the chemistry and the way that they're playing and having fun already, it looks good. Uh, watching how they played against Golden State is a bit concerning, even though we're still very early in the season. But Golden State absolutely tore them apart. Uh, DeMar was a no-show, and, you know, Zach Levine couldn't do too much in that matchup, despite the fact that the Warriors have been one of the best teams. Also, in, in fact, the best team this season so far. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was kind of concerning just to watch them get decimated like that. But otherwise, I think they've been really fun to watch. And I think they can make the playoffs – do I see them going too far in the playoffs as currently constructed? I don't think so. I think that they right now are definitely a team that can make the playoffs and a team that can definitely get in the first round and whatnot. But I don't know if they can get past the first round, A, and B, I definitely don't think they can get past the second round. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're my surprise right now in the Eastern Conference. 
Now, real quick before we move on, talk about surprises in the East. Shout out to the Cavs. <laughs> they are actually good despite their unorthodox lineup. They've been starting like marking at three months of the year. He's like, you know, six, eleven power forward. Evan Mobley's been amazing. Darius Garland's gotten really good. Jared Allen's improving. You know, he's improving on his strengths. He's not like become a three-point shooter at anything new necessarily, but he's mm-hmm. gotten better at, you know, defensive rotations, finishing around the basket, uh, rebounding, shot blocking, things like that. Yeah, the Cavs are fun. Uh, you know, they it's crazy to think because their injuries have like started piling up. They honestly, without those injuries, they could be, you know, right there with the two through five in the East, which is like Chicago through Milwaukee, which is like 14 to eight and then 13 to eight. Like without the injuries, it could be there because right now they're 11 and 10. So just interesting to think that they're this, you know, that they're actually looking solid because I don't expect them to be good this year. You only get so many first round picks before you finally become solid or decent. So nah, I got, you got to give it to Biggerstaff, too, though. Hmm? Uh, you got to give it to J.B. Biggerstaff, the coach. Yeah. Or how to work with uh, the odd pieces that they have. Absolutely. I mean, it's been – he's been utilizing some very weird lineups, but they've played fun basketball. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if they collapsed again like they did last year because last year they had a really good start and then – they just fell apart. And then on top of that uh, point, uh, I also want to mention that Darius Garland is very quietly putting in a bid for the most improved player with 18 and 7. So I would pay attention to that. Follow up with Evan Mobley vying for rookie of the year right now with a very good case so far. I mean, since we did the East, why don't we do the West? Surprise disappointment. Fair enough. Um, why don't you start us off? In terms of a surprise, I am surprised by, I would say, my surprise right now, at least at this moment in time, is the Clippers. That's a good one. They surprised me because, and I, and I said this earlier in the year, that they would still be relevant and they would still be hanging on and fighting. But so far, then the fourth seed right now, and they're doing a pretty damn good job. I mean, it's been a little wonky sometimes, and they're only 500 at the moment. But, well, a little over 500, but they're, they're making it work. And Ty Lu is continuing to prove that he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. And right now, I think at this point, you're just trying to figure out the rest of the team until Kawhi Leonard gets back, which I think they should do. Um, I think if you can – get everybody on the same page and have everybody, you know, all stops go by around the time Kawhi gets back and then you plug him in, then they could be locked and loaded for the playoffs. 
even even though Kawhi will probably not be perfect in the playoffs, if he, even even if he plays. Um, and then to follow up with my biggest disappointment, I could see a couple teams, to be completely honest. But I would say the one team that disappoints me the most at this point in time has got to be the Portland Trailblazers. Although it's not completely shocking that they're not, you know, a top tier team, I didn't think that they would be at least this discombobulated so far, you know, if you know what I mean. Like they seem very discombobulated. Dame has been struggling. And I mean, to be a 500 team at this point with Dame not playing his best basketball on a consistent basis with, with some injuries tied in, it doesn't help that much, but I still feel like they're a bit discombobulated. And uh, for Dame to come back to this, especially when he could have been forced his way out by now, um, I think that it's kind of a disappointment. And, uh, it's, kind, and it's not only just a disappointment, on, you know, in terms of my expectations, but it's, it's kind of sad to see Damian Lillard wasting his prime in a place where we all know he's not winning. If if you understand basketball, he's not winning important. Uh, it just won't happen. So, yeah, what what are your thoughts about that? Uh, yeah, Portland. I mean, the way the West is set up right now, it's like it's kind of hard to not be in the top ten at this point. Like the eleven seed is the Kings, and like if you're worse than the Kings, you got problems. So it's like you know, it's not really it's. It's just hard to be, you know, not not a playing team at this point. Uh, yeah, the Clippers. I do. I agree. They are also a surprise team. They're not the team I'm gonna pick, but they're a surprise team. All Georgia's having a great year, and they're you know they're holding it down. They're holding it down, holding it together despite not having Kawhi. Reggie Jackson has definitely their playoff resurrection is not you know it's extending into this regular season, so he has found some sort of magic in the Tyler system. That's pretty cool. And the Blazers, I just, they disappointed me so much. I just expect I expect to be disappointed at this point. So it's like, I'm not even surprised necessarily how mediocre they are. I just know they're going to be mediocre or they might look good and then they're going to get drilled in the playoffs by a team that's actually good. So it's just, that's just Portland. That's the life of Portland until they, get some wings who can actually compete. I don't know. They need to like get Harrison Barnes or something. Cause I think he would help them with a lot of their holes. But it's just it's just same story, different year. Like you said, Dame, as long as he stays there with the same decision makers in the front office, trying to build the same team, trying to build this different variations of the same team, it's not like that formula they have is not a championship formula. It helps you win games in the regular season, but they've they're at a point now where it's like where they've been at a point where they're they're aspiring for a championship, and what they're doing now is not helping them get to that point. But I'll just be quick with my surprise disappointment here, just for the sake of talking about them. We're just gonna go with the Warriors. I didn't think they would be this good. I had them as like 
Uh, I think they had another like six seed. I don't even remember at this point, but they are definitely looking like championship contenders. I don't think they're the favorite at this point in time, which we can get into that later. But the Warriors system, everyone there is buying in. Everyone there is, you know, like Jordan Poole and Wiggins are playing out their mind. Draymond Green's back and engaged. Steph Curry's the current MVP favorite, in my opinion, at this point in time. It's just, they just, they look like they're having fun. They're enjoyable to watch. And they, they look like they're having fun. And they're winning at the same time. They're, they've come back from multiple double-digit deficits. Like, they they look legit. And they don't have Clay at this point, which is very interesting. It's going to be very fun to see how things play out when he comes back. And then Wiseman, too. Although I don't expect him to play much because he's just – doesn't systematically fit. He'd be trying to post up and do shit. And that's just like, that's not how the Warriors play. Like, I don't remember the last time I seen somebody on the Warriors make a post up, except for Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. But they haven't played there for a while. For, you know, KD left, Clay Thompson been hurt. But yeah. And then, real quick disappointment. I'm going to go in a different direction with this one. I'm going to say the Rockets. Not that I expect them to be good, but I expect them to be fun. And they can't even do that. They are disgusting to watch. The only thing that gives me gives me joy is watching Shengun do Shengun things on that team. The Jalen Jalen Green just looks like uh 6'5 Lou Williams right now. Like, you know, he's, he's so young, so it's fine, whatever. He, but he has the best gig in the league right now. No one expects him to be efficient. They just want two or three highlights a game and everyone's happy. But yeah, they're a mess. He he needs to learn how to make his teammates better, learn how to be a little more efficient. They don't even start a point guard. And the only point guard that they've been playing is DJ Augustine, DJ Augustine, which is like, that's just bad. This is not good. John Wall's been healthy. He hasn't been playing. Apparently he wants to play. We have, I don't know, you know, who knows what's going on there. But yeah, they're just nasty as hell. They need to free free Christian Wood, free Daniel Tice, to free Eric Gordon from the shackles of, of shittiness that is the Houston Rockets. I just – I was really looking forward to watching them on, on the league pass games, but every time I turn it on, I'm, like, ready to throw up. So I just – I just got to give up on them. But, you know, they're going to get the first pick in the draft in the draft this year. So that will be fun. Can I now say that I told you so? At least a little bit – a little little, little early. But – Yeah, it's early. You were right. The Warriors look like – the Warriors – I will say – I will say that I did say – at their peak, I believe they can. Like I, I saw the potential. I didn't think they tap in, but mm-hmm. they're tapping in. So I'll give you that one. But mm-hmm. we'll see what can happen. Also, when you say you don't think they're the favorite, are you talking about the West? Because I, I, I kind of have an idea where you're going. If you're talking about the West, or are you talking about the NBA as a whole? Uh, well, both. Okay. I personally so, would take. I think the Suns are the better team right now. Okay. Makes sense. They just, you know, the, the Suns are very steady. So they're not. They're not sexy. Like they're not very sexy to watch or anything. But oh, no. they're steady. They win games. They have a more complete roster at this point in the Warriors, I feel. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are deep. I just think, like, I just trust this, <clears throat> excuse me, 
from top to bottom, I just like the Suns a little better at this point in time. When Clay comes back, obviously, obviously I'm gonna have to reevaluate. That changes a lot, but at this point in time, the Suns I like better. Um, and honestly, this might actually I don't think it sounds that crazy, but like the Bucks, I think are probably if like the playoffs start today, I'm like I'd probably want the I'd probably choose the Bucks out of everybody else, just because they they won it last year. They they still look good. They were, the only reason why they're 13-8 is because they literally had no starters for like the first 10 games or so the Bucks look they look better than last year in my opinion even without P.J. Tucker I just think they're more dynamic this year everyone's locked in like you've watched the Bucks game everyone knows where they need to be it's just like you can tell that they they're bought into the system it's not like just everyone's just doing whatever Giannis Giannis looks like he he's He's one of the three best players in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. If you told me he was the best, I wouldn't be mad at you. I'm sorry. After watching him after the playoffs and not these first twenty some games, it's it's apparent to me he's top three. And I I understand if you say he's one. I just don't have him at one at the moment. Oh no, I don't. But yeah, I think the Bucks, the Bucks, they still have never with another gear to hit too, which is the crazy part. And they've been winning. They won seven straight. So I think they're the current favorite, just because the Nets. Uh, James Harden looks like not James Harden. <laughs> like he just looks <laughs> like he's just he's gone from generational talent to very good right, right now. I don't know what's happening to him, but right. there's that, and just like it's become to the point where KD is becoming. It's been relied on to just be except absolutely exceptional every night. Because Harden just is not exceptional every night at this point. Right. Uh, Joe Harris has been some shit, and he's hurt now. Blake right. Griffin's been some shit. Paul Millsap's been some shit. Marcus Aldridge has been good. Uh, Patty Mills has been solid, but like they're they're just not as good as they are supposed to be at this point in time. But those are the four teams who I kind of think actually are contenders at this point: Nets, Bucks, Warriors, Suns. So here's my thing, right? I think that, and I totally agree with your point about the Suns not being sexy and not being talked about enough and not being given enough respect because they are current. Like everybody's been talking about the Warriors so much that people don't realize that the hottest team in the NBA right now is actually the Phoenix Suns. Uh, They're on a 16-game winning streak right now. And they're one game behind the Golden State Warriors. So they're currently the hottest team in the league. And they're rolling right now. Uh, And to be completely honest, the league in the first quarter, if I could describe this season in the league in one word at this very moment in time, I would describe it as discombobulated. Why I say that? Because every team in the NBA, or almost every team in the NBA, in some way, shape, or form, there's something that is throwing them off, something that is not allowing them to be whole, complete, or the best or the closest to the best version of themselves that they can possibly be. When you talk about the West, a lot of teams have injuries. A lot of teams have injuries. Uh, you can go to Lake, the Clippers with 
Kawhi, the Mavericks, they missed Luka for a couple games. Um, when we talk about the Lakers, LeBron was out for an extensive period of time, and the Lakers have just been a mess. Uh, Memphis is about to deal with the jaw situation. Um, Denver, Jamal Murray, and now Michael Porter Jr. is about to deal with him, with some in, uh, some injuries. And then in the East, the Knicks are dysfunctional. Like they're kind of a mess right now. The Sixers, the Ben Simmons situation has thrown everything off along with injuries. The Celtics are kind of dis, discombobulated right now. And without Kyrie, I mean, like the, the Nets still are the number one seed in the East. And they have the the third best record in the NBA right now. So without Kyrie, they've still done fine. But they are also not the best they could be or closest to the best. That they, I mean, they are technically just considering the fact that Kyrie is not vaccinated and things of that nature. But if he were to come back, it would be a completely different, you know, ball game and story. Uh, so right now we've kind of seen so far that the NBA is kind of, and also on top of all of these storylines and things of that nature, the new rules and stuff that have taken place and taken been you know put into effect. People are, are shooting a lot less free throws and things of that nature. So everybody is kind of still trying to figure themselves out. And that's why it's kind of good that we're only a quarter of the way through the season. We haven't even hit Christmas yet. Uh, and yes. Ultimately, I feel like this season is like a picture that hasn't been painted fully yet. And it's kind of like when mid thought of what the season will ultimately wind up being. I think that around the all-star break, we will know a whole lot more about what to expect for the rest of the season and come playoff time, especially. So with that being said, a team that has been highlighted specifically in terms of struggles, injuries, and all of the above, the Lakers. What are your thoughts on what's going on with the Lakers? Um, they're ultimately disappointing in my mind. Like, yes, you have injuries and health and all that, but the system, no matter who's on the court, there's supposed to be a system in place. And whether LeBron James is there or not, the system is clunky at best. And like Westbrook, Westbrook being there, trying the idea of him helping keeping the offense moving without LeBron James has not worked out too well this far. It still looks kind of messy. They have a bunch of players who don't, they just don't fit the team, it looks like. Like they try to run play like a running gun game, and certain players just aren't really an at that game at that style of play on their team. The their rotation needs to be figured out. Avery Bradley, as much as I love the guy as a player for his Celtics days, he should not be starting. He hasn't been doing very well as a starter either. Uh Anthony Davis, he's been good overall, but his offense, well, this is, this is jump shooting has been t- 
terrible. He's been throwing up a lot of bricks from, you know, that doesn't help, especially at Westbrook, you know, in their starting lineup as well. And then they, since Andy Davis is allergic to playing center, having another non-shooter on the court with him not hitting shots doesn't help. Yeah, the Lakers, I didn't, I don't, at, the, at this point in time, they're not a contender because they, they need to figure themselves out. If you're, if you're a contender, you at least have to know what you're doing, and they currently don't know what they're doing. So I don't – I think they can be. You know, they were – talent-wise, they have one of the most talented teams, but need to figure themselves out. LeBron needs to, you know, get on the court. You know, now he's the COVID thing, so that's another stretch of LeBron James. So, yeah. But the biggest thing I'm pulling – taking away from the Lakers is, is Frank Vogel – the signing was odd at the time, and they got a championship with them, but it's still seeming odd, the Frank Vogel sign. I just don't know why they got him. I need to go and look who was available at that time to see what their options were, but I'm almost certain Frank Vogel is not the best one. And now people are chattering about, there's chatter about people saying like, oh, is he gonna stick around anymore? Uh, they're gonna replace him, this and that. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on Lakers really. They're just a, a clusterfuck, if I have to pick a word. <laughs> what, what do you think about them so far? Yeah, I would have to I would have to also point to just the roster construction and the roster, I guess, management has been very off by Frank Vogel. I mean, he didn't construct this roster necessarily, but the way that he's utilizing it is not really helpful either. Uh it, and yeah, there's just so many issues with this team. Like originally on paper, when I, I loved every move that they made, but it just feels like every player that they sign is just past, like far past their time at this point. It seems like they've all run out of gas, and it seems like they all are ineffective for the most part. Um, and it's like we're really getting the declining years of most of these guys. And it almost feels as like it almost feels as though the public is being viol- uh, validated for making the jokes about them being old. You know, Anthony Davis, as you said, he's allergic to playing center. But with, with that comes Dwight Howard, several minutes of Dwight Howard and several minutes of DeAndre Jordan playing center. They both are lob threats at best without much to give in any other department whatsoever. Uh, when you go, when you go down the roster at power forward, they're fine. You know, with Melo and AD, like I think, I think there are a few players on this team that I would keep. One of them being Melo, because I actually like what Melo is doing. Um, LeBron and AD and Taylor Horton Tucker. Those would be the guys to me that I'm keeping on this roster. And I feel like everybody else at this point is just like they can go pretty much. Like Kendrick Nunn, he hasn't been in the rotation. I think he was hurt, though. I think he was battling some injuries. Yeah, he's been out with injury. So uh, he, he would help, but I don't think he would help that much. Rondo hasn't played. Avery Bradley is getting way too many minutes. Kent Bazemore's minutes have been 
absolute, you know, you know putrid. Uh, Trevor Reza out, not really effective. And, and, you know, Malik Monk is, like, very spotty. So you don't know what you're going to get out of him on a given night, whether you're going to get five points, 15 points, or 25. You don't know what you're going to get from him on a given night. So that hurts you. Uh, and then Russell, I, I've said that I don't know – if I necessarily even want to look at Russell yet and evaluate his, like what he's doing right now, because he's done this for two years in a row where he's, he's like, you know, shit to bed for the first half of the season. And then the second half he comes around and he looks like an MVP candidate. I don't know if that will apply here though, because I feel like coaching wise, uh, going back, just going back to that championship, I feel like Frank Vogel, in terms of coaching, I feel like he won the most simple championship ever in terms of being a coach. Like, and what I mean by that is defensively, he did a great job. But I mean, one, you had great defenders all over the court. And then two, you only had to make like one adjustment per series up into the finals when you just outplayed a better, you know, a, a team that you were better than. So I don't know, like, honestly, with the, the talent level, that should have been a sweep. It should have been maybe five games at best. So yeah, Frank Vogel, I don't know if he lasts through this season. And if he does, I think it would be on the sole merit of him getting that championship, which I don't think is necessarily fair, but it is fair. Yeah. Now, one thing that's, like, the biggest red flag to me is that, like, their calling card has been defense, and they're not good at it this year. Mm -hmm. And that just shows that they have no identity. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not very good at defense. You're not very good at offense. You have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. How, how can you not be good at anything? It's like, you know, really, it's, it's just interesting. It should be, you should be top ten in both categories, quite easily. Especially since you have Russell, you should be a top ten offense, mm-hmm. top five offense, to be honest. Yeah, it's like, you know, you think, should they have just done the Buddy Heel deal instead? And I think they'd be, their record would probably be better at this point just because their offense would be more, it'd be more fleshed out. It wouldn't be as much, as much uh, randomness going on. But at the same time, I do like, you know, obviously Westbrook's a better player, gives them a higher ceiling. But I feel like the Russell Westbrook move thus far has not worked out in their favor. Hmm. Now, my only counter to that would be because Taylor Horton Tucker was out and Kendrick Nunn is out now, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have a playmaker with the whole Buddy Hill the, the Buddy Hill deal. 
But yeah, I guess. Yeah, but they wouldn't have had to give up as much to get Buddy Hield either. So yeah. they might still have a Montrez Harrell or might still have, I don't know, yeah, maybe a, K- a KCP. I think KCP is a important to – he was important to that Lakers team, important to their defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. And when you look at, like, you know, we were trying to look at what's missing. And you look at the players they traded, like Kuzma and KCP are definitely – they were guarding two of, two of the other team's five best players in the court at any given time. Mm-hmm. Like, but more often than not, it was those two taking the tough perimeter challenges rather than LeBron James taking the tough perimeter player. Now it's Bazemore who is not better at he's not better than either of those two at defense. Mm-hmm. And Avery Bradley's a great defender, but he's just he's just small. And with the wing players getting bigger and bigger over the years, it's like he's becoming less effective in that regard. So it's just it's just so and then Westbrook. Like we talked about before in past past episodes, he is he looks like he, he just runs around and plays really hard on offense, but on defense, he just be getting cooked sometimes. And everyone swears he's a good well, every casual swears he's a great defender, but like that's just that's that's just propaganda. The man is not a good defensive player. So I don't know. I think having KCP or Kuzma would have been great. You know, for all the all the shit Kuzma got, he was still at work, at best, he was a good defensive option, and he'll get you some nice buckets here and there. Uh, I think that they don't have an identity because one, no one is setting the tone. Like nobody, there's there's a lack of leadership, and I would say a big part of that is AD. A very big part of this problem, I feel like, is AD as well. I'll, I'll put I'll put um, Frank Vogel, number one, Rob Palenka, number two, and a number three would be Anthony Davis in my book right now, of who I'm pointing a finger at if I had to point a finger. Anthony Davis... To me, like, I just question his mentality. I question his toughness. I question his, you know, his drive to be better than the rest of the league, to be that dude, to be the best player in the NBA. I think he's, like, it almost feels as if he's content being good, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Giannis dropped 40 plus on him and he was coming directly at him and it almost felt per- it almost felt personal on his end but AD was just you know playing basketball it just seemed like Giannis was a, like at intentionally and you know instinctively forcing his way at Anthony Davis and having his way with him and then it just felt like Anthony Davis would come up the other end and just play basketball just yeah. because, you know, like, it, it it sucks. Like, again, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I know we've said things about, like, how someone's mentality can carry them so much further up. Like, if 
Anthony Davis had if if Jimmy Butler had Anthony Davis's talents, Anthony Davis like Jimmy like Jimmy Butler would be a top three player in the world easily. Yeah. Top three, top four player in the world. If Jimmy Butler, if you if you merged Anthony Davis talent with Jimmy Butler's mentality, because Jimmy Butler wants to kill people. He wants to be the best that he could possibly be every night. He's fighting. If somebody comes at him, he's coming back at them with two times as much force. And it just feels like Anthony Davis is just content with just being a, a, a regular star, a regular star in Hollywood. Um, so that's that's my issue. You know, it's like some people just aren't leaders. He's just not a leader. That's not who he is. He is just like you say, just a very good basketball player who will get go out there and do very good things, which is like he's not going to lead you anywhere outside of being talented, which is, that's just who he is. If he was, you know, like you're comparing to Giannis and things like that, Giannis is like, you know, he's a work, he, I'm not saying Anthony doesn't work hard, but Giannis's, you know, path to greatness was definitely, quote unquote, well, I guess I'll say a harder path in regards to building on his skills, you know, adding something new every year, doing this, doing that, versus Anthony Davis kind of just, He's been he's been elite from the jump. Uh, obviously, he's improved. Obviously, he's gotten better year after year, but he's kind of like plateaued for a few years at this point. It feels like, and he's not. He just doesn't seem as hungry as others, and that's that's just who he is. He's just he's like he's just a super soldier. He's not a captain or a lieutenant. Or, he's just a super soldier. He'll come in and he needs someone to someone else to lead the troops while he just comes in and does his job. And that's that's not going to change at this point. Dude's been in the league for like, well, like what's that's been like ten years already. I believe so. Yeah, like that's who he is. He's he's just a superb. If we're talking alphas and betas, which I don't really like that kind of ca- categorizing anyway, because it's just goofy. But if we're talking alphas and betas. He's just like a superb beta. Right. And that's that's fine. That's everyone can approach the game differently. Obviously, his approach has made him one of the seventy-five greatest basketball players in the NBA history. So, to each their own. But <laughs> I mean, that's another debate for. I mean, we already talked about it, but that's another debate for another day. But yeah, at this point, I've given up on expecting him to to lead anything. Yeah, because. He's just going to go out there and do Anthony Davis things and whatever happens, happens. Right, because if he, like, if literally he put the team on his back and said, all right, LeBron's out, this is my team now, and he he went out every night and he got you, what, 25 and 11 or something like that, and he actually was, like, carrying them, they could still be something. Yeah, and the fact that he's, like, Nowhere near the MVP conversation. It's crazy. Like it tells that tells you a lot. And it's not like it's not like people were sleeping on him, so he just not deserve it at, at this point or in probably any point in his career. I don't think he's ever been like a serious in serious consideration. 
which said a lot about. Say that he's been in serious consideration before. For MVP, yeah. I'm gonna look up the MVP voting ballots in the last few years. I don't believe so. Like I, I want to say his latter years in in New Orleans, and then I think. I mean, they weren't winning, right? But he was hooping. Yeah, regardless, he's never considered – he's never, like, actually going to win it at any point. Yeah, that's fair. Despite his talent being one of the most talented players in the league for, you know, again, a decade. Tells yeah. you a lot about him as a player. It does. So yeah. – Tells you everything you need to know. In short, in short, I just – we all know Anthony Davis is going to be great, but he's not – he's never going to be that dude. Which is okay. Well, he does average twenty. He does average twenty four and ten with three assists, but it's not impactful. Numbers. Those are great numbers, but it's not. They're not. Yeah, they don't, they don't hit as hard as some as like Jimmy Butler's twenty twenty three and like six and six. Mm-hmm. Like Jimmy Butler's presence on the his presence and things you can't count are doing a lot more. Right. So, like, and that's that's something Anthony Davis has missed for his entire career. Just that the impact of his presence is not has never been, you know, absolutely game changing beyond his talent. He's on pace to have the worst three point shooting uh, percentage of his career, at least since. His third year in the league when he only attempted 12 threes. Yeah, that's his, his biggest thing right now. Like defensively, he's been really good. Like based on the games I've watched, he's he has been great at defense this year again. And you know, he's finishing around the basket, but he can't hit a damn shot, which is important based on the way this team's constructed. Yeah, that's bad. I I honestly think that they're gonna have to unload multiple players and kind of reorganize this roster completely. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. They're, they're going to be a big team to watch at the deadline and the buyout period. Mm-hmm. Without they a can't doubt. do anything for now just because, like, with the, the – you know, the, the rules where after a player signs a contract, they have to wait X amount of days. They can't do anything until probably, like, January. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to have to try their best to figure things out. But trade deadline and buyout period, they are going to be a team to watch for sure. As with every year, just because, you know, they're obviously trying to get as good as possible. But mm-hmm. Now, I want to take us in a little, uh, like another direction, I guess. So what do you expect to see around the All-Star break? Because I, 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 I was kind of, I briefly mentioned it, like, I think we'll have a much more clear picture of what we're looking at because it's still very fuzzy at this point. So, what do you what do you think things will look up will look like around that time? So, around the All Star break, I expect the Bucks to be the new number one in the East. I expect I expect Atlanta and Boston to clean up and at least be in the six to eight range at that point in time. Hey, that's cleaning up. 
Also, I think Washington will cool off, like you said earlier. I think they're going to cool off. They're still going to be, you know, in the play-in race. But, of course, but I don't know if they'll be the fourth best team in the East anymore by that time. And then quickly with some West things. At All-Star break, I do think the Lakers will, will have something sorted out. I think they'll get out of the, the play-in slots. <laughs> I think they'll be a back with, they'll be up there with the upper echelon teams in the West by that time. Um, I don't know. The West is like it's just hard. Because like we talked about earlier, it's hard to not be in the play-in at this point. So just the, some of the shakeup is just not gonna matter. Yeah. But I think that I think the Clippers will actually maintain being one of the better teams. I think that's gonna happen as well. Although I do, I do worry for Memphis right now just because of John Morant's injury. I'm not sure the timeline, but them missing him for any amount of time is terrible. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Is he what he's what bridges them from being above average to terrible? Like yes, his presence alone is what changes that. So that's gonna be scary for them. And Denver, another team I feel bad for, which I, don't, I just want to talk about it real quick. Yeah. But, do you think they're ever going to get the necessary luck to get a championship? Because they just right, right in the last few years, at least last season and this season, definitely their shot has been thrown out the window due to how is Michael Porter Jr. done or what is? What's yeah, they're saying he's done for the season. Oh, and that's it. And then even if Jamal Murray comes back at any like, let's say he comes back in April, who is? It's hard to imagine he'll be back in April playing. You know. Top tier Jamal Murray basketball. Uh well, see, with the with them, right? I would say even at a hundred percent, I still don't think they could win it all. I think they would be more in like that bubble of where the Suns are. Like they, I think they wouldn't be better than the Suns because I think Phoenix is better. Even even if the Nuggets would be at full strength. But I think it would take that. It would take – and it would also take them acquiring someone else and or finding someone else who can be an impact player and more so on the defensive end because I feel like offensively they could compete with anybody. But I think the biggest difference between – uh them and other teams, I guess the teams that are better, is that they can defend and really lock down in key moments when they need to, and and um, they can't. The you know like Denver, Denver's calling card is outscoring people, and like even when they got to the the Western Conference Finals, like they played good defense, but I feel like a lot a big part of that was just the fact that the Clippers folded as opposed to them playing great defense mm-hmm. and a lot of, and, and in those situations, they were down in multiple games, you know, along with being down three, one. So they shouldn't have even gone to the conference final that year. So yeah, Denver, I think Denver needs an impact player on the defensive end. Like somebody like their, I, I guess how, like their Draymond Green, basically. Or some somebody who can really anchor a stronger defense. Okay, I will say I don't necessarily agree. I think they can 
full strength. I think the addition of Aaron Gordon, like, definitely helps. With, like you were saying, with their defensive identity, it did help. It gave us someone who can actually switch and, you know, do the Jeremy Grant things that was happening back when they were killing 3-1 leads. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they can do it. Jokic is absolutely amazing. You know, reigning MVP right now. He can he, – he can't – there's nothing he can't do. He's also getting better at defense low-key. He's not like a shot blocker or anything, but he's getting better at defense. Mm-hmm. And like you said, their offense is, you know, one of the one of the greatest offenses over the last few years. And it'll continue to be so. They're a little off this year. They've been hurt all year. They've had stretches. Yogi's just missed a stretch of games too. So yeah, I just think I think if they're fully healthy, they can in fact do it. But I don't know. Right now it's it's just hard to say just because they can't get everyone everyone on the same page. And then they already paid all these people. Once the next round of contracts rolls around, it's going to be even harder. And I don't know. They have a good bench, too. Like Will Barton Jr. Or not Jr. Will Barton's there. Uh, Osiris is solid. Uh, Monte Morris. What's the guy's name? Pasundo uh, Capazzo. Yeah, Capazzo. Um, PJ Dozier has been he, – he tore his ACL, too, this year. But he's yeah, that there. sucks. Yeah. That was very yeah. good. It's just their roster is just they're just being decimated by injuries in the last in the last couple of seasons. And I don't know, it'd just be interesting to it'd be a shame to see them not win because they've been building up to a certain point where like it's one thing if they, they they have a full roster and they just don't win. It's another thing if we don't if they don't get the chance. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I'm looking out for. Thing. Yeah, I guess kind of just to answer my own question and just to kind of see where I think things will go. Uh, I think a lot. I think a lot of these teams will figure. Like I think the top three in the East will hold serve. You know, Brooklyn, Chicago, and Miami, respectively. I think they'll all hold serve, and I think Brooklyn still has room to grow. Um, I believe that. The Sixers may finally figure something out. It's just been really interesting with them, too. They've had a lot of injuries and things of that nature. And um, Joel, they're leaning on Joel way too much. Like, it's insane. And as a Sixers fan, I'm sad to watch the way that we're running Joel and beating to the ground. Uh, I watched the game the other day when we were playing the, the uh, Timberwolves and Tyrese Maxey had a lane. Like he had a, a clean, a clean one-on-one and he surrendered that one-on-one to run a high screen and roll or it was a, it was a high screen and pop and he turned the ball over. They come down, get an and one. And then ultimately wound up winning the game because of that. And that right there kind of told me everything I need to know. Like we just have a bunch of shooters. We have Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. And that that's it's not really good. It's not fun basketball to watch because it's like basically. They just running around screens like everybody on the team is just running around screens. Uh, 
praying they get open and trying to find their way open. And then Joel Embiid does his thing. And that's about it, pretty much. Tyrese Maxey, I think, needs to be more aggressive if the Sixers want to get somewhere right now, at least with the – because I feel like if Ben Simmons were to come back right now, this team would be perfect. But, again, he may never come back. And that's a reality that is likely, is probable, and is something that as a Sixers fan and as a player – like, and not even as much for Sixers fans because – I feel like most Sixers fans feel feel ready to move on from him anyway, but it's just something that you know we'll probably have to live with and to until we figure out what to finally do with that situation. Because I think with the Sixers, once they figure out what they're gonna do, even if it's just a trade, like a simple trade, like if we got like uh Malcolm Brogdon. And TJ Warren, like a package like that, the team would be a lot better. Yeah. Because that cloud hanging over our head would just be gone. And the that saga would be over. And then we can finally focus on the thing that we really want to focus on, which is the championship. Because right now, I don't know if we can get out the first round. Yeah, so, so I yeah, it's 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 tough. I just think one of the just in terms of just pure just pure basketball, the uh, related things in terms of Ben Simmons not playing, is just the Sixers don't have a great playmaker anymore. Mm-hmm. Maxie's good at best, but he's more of like a scoring guard rather than like a playmaker who's setting up everybody else. Again, Seth Curry, he can make a few passes. Again, he's a he's a shooter. Uh, and then after that, you can't even consider him consider anybody else a playmaker for real. Joel Joel Embiid's doing the best he can, but you know, like you said, since they're running him into the ground, he's getting double teamed like shit. He's getting he's super inefficient because he can't he can't he can't get two seconds to make a play because everyone knows well Ben Simmons like Embiid is one hundred percent in the offense, so it's just like. He's trying, but he can't – the second he touches the ball, he's getting doubled, and he just hasn't learned how to, you know, handle that situation as well as other, you know, other bigs. Like, I think that's – in terms of Joel Embiid's, you know, improvement, that's his next step, especially without, without Ben Simmons or a great playmaker. He needs to learn how to handle those double teams and really, like, get the ball moving without turning it over. And, you know, just not even necessarily about, like, passing to get the assist. I think that's one thing he's probably needs to learn, like, just – pass to someone who's open because everyone knows like when some every team like when they send a double team they have someone playing the lane so he's like looking for the 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 pass that's going to lead to the score that's what you know that's naturally what you want to do pass the score he needs to learn to like just find an open man and have them swing the ball and all that stuff but if he can do that the Sixers offense will get much better but nonetheless they need to figure out this Ben Simmons thing just just for the sake of having a better team at the moment, because the team just isn't good enough currently. And then, like you're mentioning, the whole Ben Simmons saga being over everybody's head and this and that, it just doesn't help. Like, when he was out, the record the record of the team when he was out was really bad. They competed, but they weren't winning. Also, so. to add, this is exactly why I did not – I've been saying let's get rid of Tobias Harris. 
Yeah, yeah, he's not um, he's not stepping up to the plate enough. I've, I've been saying this for years. I didn't want to re-sign him when we didn't get Jimmy Butler, and we still have him with the expectation that he was going to be the second leading scoring option and the third overall best player on the team. And uh, no, he's not. He, the fact that, like he he hasn't really been that dude. He hasn't. So I'm just like, I wouldn't mind trading him. I really wouldn't. Yeah. It just with the whole Ben Simmons thing, it's like that's priority number one. Just because like you gotta get him at the handle. I don't know. It would be interesting to think about where Tobias could go. Like, what teams would even? He, he averages twenty eight in, in basically four, which isn't bad. But like, he's good. He's good. They just you might not be. I don't know. It's just hard because if you trade him with this Ben Simmons thing going on, it's like get to think about what you're going to get back, and if that what you get back helps you, assuming you don't get the Ben Simmons thing figured out, is another question. Mm-hmm. I personally think y'all should keep maybe trade him before. I mean, y'all should keep y'all should keep him at this point in time. We have traded. We should have traded him last year when his value was at his peak because last year he was balling. I mean, he is this year, but it won't appear like how how, how can I say this? We were winning and he was balling. He's balling, but not really effectively enough to win yeah so now it doesn't look as good and now his value is not where it once was Mm -hmm. and we paid him a max contract so it's like yeah that was one of the worst max contracts of the last like five years (laughs) like he's very much not a max player no in any way shape or form i don't even know if that was the market for him i can't imagine someone else getting him 30 million no, 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 no. But hey, six are trying to. They had a good thing going. They just try to keep as much pieces as possible. With, it with makes that. sense in that regard. But yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry for your situation. <laughs> your situation isn't that good either. But you know, yours is better than mine. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of we're just kind of meh. That's okay. <laughs> I don't mind, man. Because um, there's a there's a there's always a brighter future ahead. Right. We'll be forever. We have two two young uh, two young wings who are very versatile. And Robert Williams is looking better and better every year. Absolutely. And that's not a bad. That's not a bad uh, core of young players. Marcus Smart. Is that you know he's very much he's very much he is who he is at this point. Like I don't see him getting much better, so that's fine. He's one of the best defensive players in the league for the last you know since he's been in the league. So that's cool too. There's some some things going on. You just gotta rest. You just gotta figure out what kind of team he's trying to build. Because right mm-hmm. now, like it's talented, but it's not it doesn't make like the on court product doesn't necessarily make sense. Like some there's some overlap, and there's just not. A point guard for real, for real. I want to say Ricky Rubio, but no, that's probably not going to happen. 
No, I just, yeah, I feel like y'all spent so much and allocated so much to trying to get a star point guard that it's it it, it shot y'all in the foot. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the obsession with getting like an amazing point guard. Like after Isaiah Thomas, you know, you finesse the Cavs and you trade him while he's injured, which was yeah, I didn't like that at the time, just because Isaiah Thomas was the heart. You, you traded the heart and soul of a of a number one seed. Granted, it was like a 53 win number one seed. It wasn't like a 60 win juggernaut, but nonetheless, they were the top seed and you trade the heart and soul of that team for a guy who wants, who's craving, dying for superstardom, which is never a good sign because that's just, I don't know, just in terms of when you are a leader who, who just kind of earned it and like, you know, is a leader because that's who they are, not because that's who they want to be. Because then there's just trying, and then it just leads to people, like in the Kyrie example, just saying shit, just to try to call people out to look like a leader, and you know, being having an attitude when you're not being treated as the number one option. It's just, it's just not, it just obviously, it just didn't work out, obviously. And then the Kemba thing, just, it was looking cool for a little bit, and then he couldn't stay healthy. But after Kyrie, we should just said fuck it and just moved on. Just kept Rogier, honestly. Rogier would be great right now. Yeah, he would be actually. But hey, because he's a bucket. He is a bucket. His team looks good. They're fun. And shout out to Lavar Ball, man. Word. <laughs> he bleeding his children. Look where they at now. Yeah, man. You got two sons in the NBA. They look. They both look really good, and. To be honest, I would love to see them in the playoffs against each other. It's possible. Mm-hmm. The Bulls, the Bulls can maintain a top four seed. Charlotte can get in. It's, it's there's a chance that they can play each other. I think Charlotte would get in for sure. That would be an amazing series. It would like, be. The Warriors, Bulls, and and the Hornets are my three are the three most fun teams for me to watch right now. So that would be that if had two of them play each other in a series would be crazy. Yeah. What about your West? Uh, you never finished your West um, by All Star at All Star time predictions. However, you want to word it. I do believe that Golden State and Phoenix will still be the cream of the crop around that time. I agree. Uh, I think that they're they're they have established themselves to be that. Speaking of. There's a really good game going on in Phoenix right now between them and the Warriors. Might have to tune in after this. Um, I do expect the Trailblazers, or I would at least hope for the Trailblazers to come around a bit or or else. Because <laughs> if this does not work, if this year is worse than last year or anything like that, Damian Lillard, it might be time for him to go. And then I'm sorry. I think I think that I think that um most most stuff will stay about where it's at, with the exception of Memphis and Minnesota, I think taking a dip in Portland, Portland jumping up a little bit. So, you know, it, it right now it's Golden State, Phoenix. 
Utah, Dallas, Memphis, and uh, L.A., the, the Clippers for the top six seeds in the East or the, the West. And the playing teams are Minnesota, the Lakers, the Nuggets, and the Trailblazers. I think I think those 10 teams will still all be within play the, the play-in. Um, but again, as I said, I think Minnesota, I think Memphis and Minnesota will drop to the, the end of that. So and that's that's where my head's at, and that's what I think will take place. Okay, makes sense. I agree. I think Minnesota might fall back. And again, like I talked about Memphis with no job, they're just gonna suck for a little bit, and that's just them's the breaks, I guess, for them. No, I don't know. I feel like Utah is are they are they gonna just bow out? Again, <laughs> that's what it's feeling like to me. I'm just over them. Utah, yeah, I think I think Utah is, is setting us up for another season where everybody's gonna is gonna say, "Oh, they're they're so good. They're so they play such good basketball," and then they're gonna run into a team that's just far better than them in every way. Is that the I think how I said how I said about Denver needing another like a, a key defensive piece, I think that they need a key offensive piece, like another player on the offensive end that can score at will mm-hmm. to be a serious championship contender or a serious a really strong two-way player to be a serious contender. Like they just, yeah, they just feel like a team that's a piece away. As well, they yeah. all, they've always felt like that. Yeah, definitely. They've, I mean, they got Rudy Gay. We'll see. Nah. <laughs> that's their attempt at that. Seems that's not that. He's not that guy. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he's not that guy. Try as he might. Right. I think we covered just about everything at this point. With any, sure. any lasting thoughts? Uh, go Sixers. <laughs> uh, and I look forward to some more good basketball. I think everything has been competitive. I just want to give a quick shout out to the competition committee. I think they did a terrific job with the new rules. I think that the referees are still working to, you know, I guess implement them as effectively and enforce them as effectively as possible. But overall, I, I, I love what it's done for the game, even though it's changed, like it's 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 actively changed the game for something completely different. And the pace and style of play is a little different. And it feels it feels like better defensive basketball can be played again. So I, I do I do like that and I do appreciate that. that. That is like my I guess my final and closing takeaway. No, I agree. The games have been much more enjoyable. I find myself actually having more fun watching these games versus you know previous years where there there was less emphasis or less allowance on players to play defense. 
like you know like shot blockings is one of my favorite things to watch but like the way like the way that the the last rules were is like it was you used to have as much opportunity to slow a player down which allows you get the opportunity to track down the ball and things like that so just defense has just been better i mean players haven't been as accurate on offense but it's forcing you know it's forcing players to really you know get in their bag and do something versus just drawing a foul like i hate watching trey young do that like just he's like a big proponent of why they change the rules but I hate watching him mm-hmm. roll around screens and jump into the defender and flail and act like he got beat up. Mm-hmm. I used to hate. I hate watching that. It's just like, and I don't mind players, you know, getting fouls because at the end of the day, the defense needs to learn how to play defense. Like you shouldn't, as a defender, you shouldn't rely on fouls to save your ass. You need to learn how to guard somebody. Like get good, but there's also a fine line where players are just doing the most to get to the line. Mm-hmm. But I think it's been good. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any complaints about the new rule changes. I hope they, they keep it going. You know, they take these things year by year, but I really hope they keep it going because the games have been so much more engaging. Good word. I think that's just about everything. So I'll do the good old, good old outro. Thanks for tuning to Game Time. This is Zach hosted by John Ray Wilson. You can find us on Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ, on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, and on Facebook at GameTime with ZNJ to stay up to date on further content. And to listen to future episodes and our past episodes and this episode, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, all that good stuff. We're on all of it. And Anchor, good little Anchor. So yeah, that's pretty much it for tonight. Can we just talk, to, talk about more basketball on GameTime?